All right, so let's move on to the next question. Um, and we're going to skip a few. Uh, the other ones are redundant, uh, I think, to say the least. Um, but this is a pretty important one. How much influence is the forum and its participants having on your decisions, if any? Uh, from Matt N., the forum creates great catalysts for discussions on how we implement the planned features and sometimes inspire unplanned features. Um, right off the bat, I think that's a, a great thing to hear is... You know they've got a vision they've got a plan but you know maybe they're reading in you know in between the lines and they see uh, you know something here or there and uh they make adjustments on the fly or you know um, make notes and i think that's that's awesome to hear from from the devs uh david says we do check in on the forums from time to time actually a lot uh more time to time um you see them on there all the time there are a lot of interesting ideas that are coming out of the uh debates on there and we do keep some of them um, for considerations, uh, which again, awesome. Uh, Paul says uh, he frequents the forums on a semi-daily basis. Um, a lot of the conversations have a lot of thought put into the suggestions and opinions. And I find that the conversations provide us with a lot of insight into our target audience and what the gamer is going to expect in our final product. There are a lot of great ideas that are simply out of our scope for this project, but it's good to know that we are not far off base when looking at our current feature set and what the community is asking for. And then he says, and I'm sure Greg will like this, I do however have a deep burning hatred for all things My Little Pony. <laughs> Son of <Nice>. a bitch! <laughs> Alright, I'm losing confidence in this development team. You I already know it's going to be a good game. Failing. But that's that's just Paul. Can can yeah. Remember, we gotta kill him when the game comes out. All right. So that's, that's one of the things one of the things with the forums. Uh, first off, they have a community manager. Um, you know, he's made his presence felt. They they've started you know cracking down on threads, trolls, uh, just negativity in general. Um, we really do appreciate all your hard work. Uh, you know, you're going out there and, and going through all these. Because that's what we needed, and again, you know, uh, Darren said it, and uh, we are we are spoiled, and uh, you know, you can have an adult conversation uh, respectfully, and if you can't do that, then well, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> you know, for once, I'd like to see them and you know, some game company answer that question. Like, uh, we pretty much don't give a shit what you say. We're creating this game, you know, <laughs> but of course they can't. Um, but I also don't believe that that's their take on it, um, and I actually hope that in some small minute way i've said this that the podcast can can help uh influence even the tiniest element of the game the bottom line is 10 people are going to think of more things than one person does and thousands of people are going to come up with stuff that even the entire development team couldn't come up with and maybe just maybe something will be implemented down the road that's not implemented in release that came from some spark of an idea on the forums or whatever yeah yeah i totally agree i mean you know, I, I'd like to think, and I posted this on our, on our forum um, post, is, you know, I'd like to, like to be sort of the voice for the community, and that's why we're, you know, and, and shortly after this, we're going to be going through some of the questions that arise and giving props to those people who ask those questions, because, you know, it's just a group of us guys, but again, uh, we're just doing this because, you know, we're trying to help you guys out and, and get the voice out, and plus, you know, it, it's a cool thing, uh, hearing your guys' feedback, and you know, some of you guys are, you know, husbands and you don't have a ton of time and, you know, you come home, you just, so, you know, um, I'm just sort of proud that, 
you know you guys are putting the faith into us and giving your questions and giving us your feedback and i do appreciate all of you guys listening to this and you guys are making this possible not us i mean we're just nerds with a whole bunch of time on our hands so remember guys with friendship and teamwork ponies can do oh anything. my god <laughs> oh <Yeah>. god. <laughs> i agree <laughs> oh, there's another brony all right so uh i mean what do you guys think um you know how much should they take out of are, are you guys okay with that as far as you know like darren said uh, there's a hard set line they've already got their ideas but i mean you know i'd like to think that it's a pretty cool concept that they, they are taking little tidbits here and there and, and incorporating that somehow whether it's just jotting it down or changing something altogether i think that's very cool very important you gotta listen to your players, especially as the game is under development here. <clears throat> CCP. That's really gonna save you a lot of, uh... Well, yeah, CSM was very good for CCP. It's probably the only reason CCP is still in business at this point. Um, but it's, I mean, it's just gonna save them a whole lot of time if they're going into this feature. All the players are gonna hate it. Well, now they don't have to worry about putting development time in there. It's good to know that they're getting sparks, whether it's actual ideas or just they read about something that then sort of gets them on the road to their own idea. And that's very encouraging. So early in development and so early, I mean, how long the forum's been up, guys? Three weeks now? Three weeks, something like that? Something like that, yeah. I mean, and they're already, I mean, what else could we ask for? I mean, they're, they're feeding us information, they're giving us pictures, freaking mech porn. I mean, they're... You know, they're telling us all this. I mean, some companies like Blizzard and stuff, I mean, they don't really release anything until, you know, they say and they're damn well ready. So, I love it. Um, we're going to move on. Uh, we're almost done with the this uh, Q&A, but this is a topic that's been, it's still going on. Um, actually, there's a few threads, but uh, here's the question. Targeting in the tabletop and TT game uh, had no group fire and damage from each weapon was randomly distributed across different areas of the mech. Will you be rebooting group fire? And P.S. Do you like my location? Um, let's read into this. Uh, Garth, he says he's on top of the TNT roof with binoculars. I think we should answer that. Alright. Um, so seriously, uh, the top of pinpoint accuracy, and we talked about this in length. Uh, concentrated damage is something we are going to have to watch very carefully. Uh, there's no real reason why lasers shouldn't be pinpoint accurate, and ballistic shot munitions shouldn't do area damage. We could go into numerous physics debates, blah 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 blah. Uh, but basically it says, uh, as for group fire, there's really nothing wrong with the model, and it provides a means of making a mech warrior tactically think about what gets fired and when. Needless to say, gameplay tuning will drive how we approach targeting concentrated area damage. Um, now... That being said, they sort of still left the whole MechWarrior skills. Uh, we have no idea if that affects the accuracy. They, they didn't even touch on that. We don't know if that's separate, if that has to do with different things. Um, I mean, do you guys... I mean, you know, we talked about the accuracy of the mouse and stuff like that. If they're not using the tabletop, you know, verbatim, um, they're creating their own system. Do you guys... I mean, especially after we've talked about it so long and they've said this, do you feel like, you know, you, do, do you see any issues with the pinpoint accuracy or, you know, what sort of jumps out at you guys? 
we could talk about this for a long, long time. I oh, mean, this we, is a we have. Big yeah, subject. definitely. So I, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm kind of like, let's just wait and see what they have in store for us. I'm kind of on the same boat, but I mean, earlier today, the topic of uh, Cone of Fire came up again and all that fun stuff, and I actually had a good talk with one of my friends there, Belric, uh, about this, and he brought up a fairly good point, and uh, I think this has to deal more with uh, MechWarrior 4 than anything, um, but it seemed with combination with the third person, but I know this one's going to be locked in first person, um, anyone saying who that some sort of cone of fire, recoil, or shot spread system uh, see, uh, to prevent pinpoint accuracy every shot is unnecessary, has never experienced the unconsensual uh, sex, which was 100% accuracy pinpointing. Uh, you even have to look at the novels where uh, it, it's clear that the Alpha Strike wasn't a very common... Uh, practice and with that being said as well most of the time most of the lasers and everything like that never actually hit its target a lot of misses you know uh, the, out of all we've talked about um, you know I think it's just to the point that uh, I love the speculation so guys continue to talk about ideas and continue to because just like the devs just said they're listening they're they're watching they're seeing if Maybe the collective can come up with an idea to, you know, uh, but until they actually get gameplay out. I mean, you can say a laser does five damage and it, you know, reloads this quick and has this much heat, but until you actually see it in game and actually firing, you know, how does that? Um, what does that mean? Yeah, what is the actual? I mean, words and on paper means one thing, but until you get it in the game. And so, uh, with that, I would say we do need that. Well. They will be adjusting, just like they said during gameplay. But I, I'm, I'm for a, a sort of system of inaccuracy. But I'm also for whatever they come up with because I know it'll be balanced in some way. I mean, um, I feel like the closer you are to a target, obviously the more accurate you are. And I think a key example of this would be um, MWLL. There's a particular, uh, you know, Thor Summoner variant that doesn't have enhanced optics and it's got long-range weapons. So basically, I have a reticle, but I can't zoom or, you know, anything like that. And it makes it basically where if I'm up close, you know, say, you know, zero to uh, four or 500 meters, you know, I can generally hold my reticle on the target, but anything past that, it is difficult. And without that sort of zoom up. So, you know, there, there's something they could come up with that doesn't involve cone of fire. It's just, it's you, your skills, you holding on target. Um, but again, we don't know if there's any mech warrior skills anything like that so uh you know i think it leaves the door you know sort of wide open for uh for speculation to continue so cone of fire threads keep going throw out ideas uh and i think uh you'll be on the right track so let's move on um we're almost done here uh with the with the q a um and a lot of people and it's sort of funny i, I swear i just read this if you're a new uh forum user read or search for threads don't just post uh, i just saw that why was the change from 3015 to 3048 49 it's been talked about and discussed and uh, rationale but basically they said uh in rebooting the mechware game what was the game designer designer's rationale for year 3049 being chosen i'm not even going to read the answer because i already know the clan invasion hands down it's one of the uh as far as a game designer and introducing new uh, content. Boom! There you go. You've got uh, 
new factions, new technology, new story. I mean, the works. It's basically like you know, MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries. I mean, it's it's sort of like the pinnacle. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff, and I would have loved to have seen that too. But from a game development standpoint too, and 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 getting the old crowd and the new crowd. Boom! There you have it. I mean, uh, Clan Invasion. Uh, that's why. Um, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? Are you sad, Panda, because you didn't get your, you know, second, uh, first, second succession wars? I mean, what's going on in your your thoughts? I'm pleased with it. I like the Clan Invasion. I I don't want to see it come out right away, but I hope that's an expansion that we can look forward to before the servers collapse. I'll reiterate uh, for any devs that may be listening that I would really like to see it not just be hey the clans are invading download the clan patch and now we have all the access to all this clan technology I would like to see it be rolled out as an event be handled properly and make it the actual invasion exciting at least up until the truce of Tuckhead and then you can sort of settle down and have it become sort of regular gameplay but I think the to the extent that you can make it an exciting, compelling event where things are happening in particular places during, uh, and maybe it's unique NPCs, maybe it's you give a couple players these accounts and have mayor go uh, rape people to death with these mechs, but there's only like 10 of you and there's 20 of them. Something like yeah. that. And, and just have the clan invasion, I mean, have it properly, would be such a special thing for the player base to be a part of. It would be something that I will remember for my entire life if it was yeah. done right. Darren, what was your quote as far as him doing it right? Oh, I've had many. I don't but, know. <laughs> what was the all, all of your money belongs to them sort of thing? Oh, heck yeah. My life, my wife, my kids, my house. <laughs> um, I think uh, this plays into uh, just the PVA aspect as well as uh, there's a lot of room there uh just like greg said you know whether you guys have already i'm speaking i guess to the devs uh you know if you're listening if you ever hear this uh whether you have set in stone you know equipment mechs or you know if they're able to be destroyed or whatnot and clan tech being able to get gathered and then destroyed or you know i i think that brings a whole lot to uh, you know there's consequence for your actions and whether or not the mechs get destroyed but maybe some of the equipment and you gotta and there's a ton of things but um Making it uh, so not everyone has a Timberwolf rolling around and a you know a Direwolf. I mean, I, yeah, the, the the why they chose that time makes complete business sense, storyline sense. Is to plethora of material for them to draw from. He's probably, you know, if he is upset in asking that question, he's probably a total Intersphere fan, which I completely understand, and so am I. But um, I don't think they're by introducing the clan. I hope. And I don't think that they're going to do anything that's going to take away from the experience of being a fan of the Inner Sphere. And just looking at the dates, I mean, we talked about this on the last podcast of when you look at the clan invasion and the dates of, you know, if it's 3048 right now, November 22nd, when the clan invasion, I mean, we're still talking, if they're releasing this summer, we're still talking about another six months, uh, you know, uh, five to six months before the even clans are really even known or in you know invade so i think it'll give time uh, for the players to to use the is tech and and um i think that'll sort of bring awareness to oh wow uh, there is a difference in the right hands or whatever clan tech anyways but um let's move on 
to the last one and we're going to end it with the, the question and answers and we've already hit on this actually you know i'm going to skip it over because uh it's talking about the trailer and if it was really in-game footage and we already talked about that earlier so what we're going to do now is we are going to move to some of the questions we had uh, actually no cry engine 3 uh november 17th uh basically the day after the, the q a they released um cry engine 3 wow uh what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I looked at uh, the capabilities of CryEngine 3. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a beautiful engine. I mean, it could do anything you can think of. Now, they're going to be going in there creating systems, writing code. I mean, doing a ton of stuff. Creating, I mean, just because it's CryEngine, one of the fears that's been happening on the forums is, oh, no, the system requirements, it's going to be that crisis. No, CryEngine 3 which cry crisis 2 is created from actually has a very very you know uh, i would say what not low but decent system that's requirements. a mediocre yeah it's not like it's a oh my god you know that sort of will it run crisis sort of uh mentality um and not to mention what you can do with i mean it's just go check it out um their website is uh you can go to mycryengine.com They've got a ton of videos. One of the key things, though, from me, from like uh, whether they're, they'll have uh, mod port for this or whether community, is it seems like the map creation, the environment and stuff, is a lot more user friendly. And let me tell you, CryEngine 2 map editor, oh, what a pain in the ass. Um, and, you know, I, I'm. Thankful for that. So, powerful engine. I looked up um, player account, and it's all embedded in code, so you, they can go in there and change. What do you guys feel uh, for CryEngine 3? Because you know you guys aren't developers, you, you're not programmers. But from a player count perspective, I mean, yeah, we could say it'd be epic if we had you know thousand man battles. But what would be an okay number for you guys to see uh, if a drop? Um, you know, like twelve on twelve, or you know, what would what what would you guys like to see? Uh, just I, like you mentioned, that twelve on twelve—that's right there. You're looking at the full company, so that would be perfect for me. I think saying twenty-four would probably be reasonable, um, especially initially. I think Lance on Lance will be a common gameplay mode because four v four is easy to get together quick. I think in terms of really realizing the kind of combined arms, mixed mech uh, gameplay that they're looking for. You're, well, not combined arms, but like a good mix of lights, mediums, heavies to each get a tactical role. I think you're going to really need to see more than just a lance out on the field to really get that in a big way. But I don't think that's going to be common. I think that's going to be the rare situation. And I'm totally fine with that. I think uh, Lance fighting is fine. I think company fighting is fine. I think in future expansions, getting that up to two to three companies together will be interesting, but probably more important from a planetary campaign perspective than an actual mechs on the ground, you're in the cockpit shooting at things perspective. For me, um, as long as there's Lance v. Lance combat, I'm happy. Anything above and beyond that is icing on the cake. Of course, I'd love to see some, you know, 
32 versus 32 match, some epic event or something like that. But as long as we can do uh, lance on lance and, and cooperative play, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think I think company on company is going to be the biggest one there. Lance on lance is great. Uh, I think at the most, three lances would be what people would most likely bring to the field, especially with the planetary conquest and stuff like that. I'd like to see stuff bigger. I'd also like to see some free-for-all stuff, like uh, Solaris maybe later on, uh, somewhere eight men go in, one man comes out. Uh, yeah, that, that's... Two men that, enter, I, one man leaves. Two men <laughs> enter, one <laughs> Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and as far as the game, uh, that'll all be determined on, you know, the performance, what they're shooting for, frames per second, poly count. I mean, you name it, it's all in the development, and these guys are going to be on the top of the ball. Now, CryEngine 3, it's powerful it's it's gonna be beautiful um i'm excited uh you know i'm glad they're using that uh there's a ton of videos and, and demonstrations and all that showcasing on their on their website so check it out um but now we're gonna move to the forum and facebook questions and uh, uh the first forum question is we have uh, and he goes by a mech warrior um he asked us to discuss previous pc mechware games um, that left out or failed to implement properly, uh, falling over, damaged parts like gyro and engine, flipping arms, etc. Um, right off the bat, uh, I think the biggest uh, difference would be three to four. Uh, two was your tabletop, uh, as far as there was some changes from two to three, but three to four. Uh, three, you were able to. Uh, you know, torso twist all the way to whatever degrees, 90 or whatever. But then you were also able, if you torso twist to your right, you were then able to go even further with your free reticle with your right arm. You know, and then that was taken away from us in Mech 4. It was like your arms were at a 90 degrees, stuck, they had no pivotal motion, they had nothing. And, you know, um, so I mean, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, we had falling down in Mech Warrior 3, correct? I mean, oh yeah, hits. yeah. They had the they had the whole gyro thing. Like you get hit by a, a large bore cannon, your your mech shook around, and if you got hit hard enough, you got if you fell on the ground, you had to hit slam on the button to get back up on your feet. God, I'm, I remember getting hit by like the UAC twenties, and it would throw your mech's cockpit skyward. I mean, and yeah. you would literally almost like uh, just legs up in the air land on your your face and i remember there was a few times weren't machine guns really bad with this of knocking you over or was it lbx's that would just it was almost like re, you'd get hit you'd fall down you'd maybe get a shot off you'd get hit and you'd fall down yeah those were the lbx rifles, or the, was it lbx i don't remember that being the, yeah the lbx were the ones with they had the the big kind of spread smash you and then the 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 uax were the ones that kind of like just bored through you right um, so we had, you know, engine, now, there was no notifications, it's not like you had a damage indicator of, oh, your engine just got hit, you know, uh, three or four didn't have that, uh, three did allow you to, you know, customize your mech a whole lot different, uh, flipping of arms, three had it, four didn't, it was, it was all, uh, you didn't have a free reticle, I think that would be the biggest difference between three and four as far as that, well, three, well, three, you basically had a free reticle, and that transferred over to your side sort of window as well. And 
In, in Mech 4, you could get a free reticle, but it, you basically had to set it up so your mouse was the primary, and it was just a lot of hassle for... Well, no, your reticle followed your torso. Wherever your torso went up and down, that's where you... And 3, it was free in your HUD. Okay. Uh, your, your, your mouse or your, your joystick was completely separate from the torso twist um, in 3, and which made it really unique. Uh, completely different than two completely different from four so it was sort of sucked because we went from two to something a little bit more advanced and then it was back to four and it was yeah so um you know would you so we don't stay on this too too far i think that falling down gyro hits engine hits uh flipping of arm i'm not too sold on flipping arms but it does change the gameplay because we don't have rear facing weapons or a way to see and shoot those weapons. The ability to shoot at someone who's in your almost blind side, whether it's not with all of your weapons, it could just be with one weapon, I would rather have that option than nothing. And, uh, you know, some pilots, I know MWL, God, there's some pilots that just get in your, uh, you know, blind side and you're screwed. You know, and there's nothing you can really do about that. Uh, so there's consequence. Um, let's move on to the next one. And we've got. Uh, Jay Echo, and his uh, his question was basically jump jets. Um, what is, what is your guys' description of jump jets in the novels, and what would you guys want to see uh, as far as game? Should it just be one of those where you're like grass hop, you know, grasshoppering around? Uh, is there a negative, uh, a positive? Um, do you want that sort of realistic? If you have a twenty ton to hundred ton machine and it lands. Guess what? Your knees would be bending to absorb the shock. Not to mention you'd want to tap your... I mean, what kind of things do you guys want to see? Well, in the in the game... I mean, in the novels, and that's, you know, kind of what I go by, um, you don't see people grasshoppering around. And mainly because there are consequences to using your jump jets. You can get damaged easily. It's, it's not something that's easily accomplished. It seems like the you know, really good mech warriors can use it and survive, but uh, other than that, it's, you know, you're not going to be pop-tarting, you're not going to be hopping around from building to building because uh, things can go wrong. So I kind of hope it's that way. It depends all on the mech as well, because, I mean, you have the Wasp, uh, a lot of times mentioned in the novels, that it does use its jump jets quite a bit, and that pretty much anyone can do it, it was just... Sticking that landing, I guess, is the best way to put it. So, I guess in a way, not everyone can do it. But it, it did mention the Wasp specifically as a mech that uses jump jets a lot. Uh, and it was able to be held up in the uh, air by them for quite some period of time, I believe. Now, different jump jets and different the weight classes would have different um, ranges. Uh, you had some mechs that would say it could jump 180 meters. Now, that wasn't in the sky, guys. That was distance covered. Uh, you had 160, 100, I mean, so uh, depending on the size of the mech, what type of jump jets. Uh, one of the things that, um, sorry, had to look away there. Um, one of the things that I would like to see and I like about MWLL, and it's when you use your jump jets, it could either be to evade and get away or to get in a position uh, behind the enemy or something like that. But sometimes, it's a negative thing, um, and why I say that is there is a slight delay when you land. Your knee, you know, the mech's you know knees will be bending to absorb. You're vulnerable. 
and there count uh, you know countless times you guys remember when we'd be doing our battles and i would see mech jump and we'd be I'd, I'd i'd be saying wait for it wait for it wait for it right now and boom we'd all alpha because the mech would be landing it's vulnerable and the pilot was taking a lot of damage so he was like oh you know jump jets you know i like that uh, and even in the novels you know it talks about like coming down or you know and there's a you know the knees bending or maybe they didn't do it right and they fall over or, you know you land in a building and you just wreck your mech so uh yeah, I think that's kind of like what options. was alluded to earlier. Is the landing is very important. And if we go back to like uh, Mech Commander. Mech Commander actually got a good mechanic on that. It's a pilot skill. You could use any mech that had jump jets like a jump, but you know if it was heavy or if you used it to traverse long distances or change elevations, it could affect the way you landed. So I uh, definitely like you, definitely like you said you were mentioning uh, it's risk versus reward. So as long as they kind of go down that route, I'm kind of I'll be really happy with that. How much heat yeah. goes into play, uh, I think, is a big thing for me. I think heat heat should be a big consequence. The chance of falling should be a big consequence. Um, I'd be happy. I mean, it doesn't need to necessarily be like a big production where the thing's knees are bent and, and that sort of thing. But if there's like some camera shake where maybe your targeting reticle gets knocked off keister, just something to disorient you a little bit because... It's remarked upon several times in the books that that landing is rough. Like, it is hard to do. Now, from a gameplay perspective, a casual, or even just a computer game in general, you can't really sim that very well. Um, but you can do some things to increase immersion and add some gameplay aspect to it. Another thing that's going to be key is that when you're floating up in the air, it's going to be really hard to change direction. So you should have a lot of disadvantage, and if you're jump jetting around too long, your movement should be somewhat predictable. Yeah, let's not have MechWarrior 4 where, remember that video, Darren, I was, you know, the Wasp, where it's like perma jump jetting everywhere and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Let's not have that. And, and one of the things from my own experience of being in a, in a, uh, a, a tank, um, being in the loader's hatch, um, you know, we had a we had a late night op, and visibility was shit. Basically, everything was uh, dead cold. It was the middle of winter in Iraq, and everything was wet. And we were using, you know, night vision goggles. Depth perception was off. Our tank actually, we rolled over an embankment, uh, and our tank tilted forward and basically sort of slid forward off this embankment, uh, about six feet steep grade, and we basically nose dived with the gun tube into the ground uh, because your depth perception is so off using night vision goggles just six feet granted you know we weren't in the air you know as a 20 ton 100 ton you know battle mech thing coming down but just sort of tilting forward and having that jarring impact let me tell you if it wasn't for my flak jacket um i would have broke my ribs you know granted i hit the edge of you know the loader's hatch but it, you're talking about something that heavy coming down uh, like Greg said, it would it would have to something has to give up. It's a, you know, you know your knees, or there's some type of you know just built-in animation and whatnot. And with today's technology, it's very very I would say um, not easy to do, but it's sort of expected. I mean, with today's technology and animations and whatnot. So let's let's move on I, to the next one. I think I think it all just comes down again to the whole risk over reward. 
Yeah, I mean, you always hear about them basically in the novels, you know, basically jumping away or, you know, jumping over, you know, to get behind someone, you know. Uh, all right, so we've got um, the next one was we have, uh, 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 I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, Phalan? Phalan X. Uh, and he basically asked us to talk about strategic aspects of gameplay planetary. Um, I think we hit on this in the, the previous podcast, so I'm not going to get this in too much detail. So I'll say check that out. Um, stuff we, you know, yeah, we basically talked about that. I'm not, uh, we just, we're sort of on a time crunch. Um, there's a lot of aspects, I think, with the planetary. And I think what we all were talking about is that there's probably going to be two distinct uh you know games in mwo as far as you'll have merc company uh, you know fighting for planetary and being involved in you know that ongoing you know interaction of persistence and then you'll probably have the other side of mwo where you have basically fun drops you know whether it's uh team deathmatch attrition king the hill capture flag whatever and you know for anyone who just wants to hop on do that whether it's with buddies or random guys so um there's a ton of in-depth we want to see uh greg here got in a lot of detail of what he wants to see so check that out and if that doesn't answer your questions get back with us and we'll try to do a little bit better for you so let's move on to the next one and this is uh Cytorak, and he asked about the possible system requirements for CryEngine 3. now i just read a forum post and it was our forum uh management uh and he basically said check out CryEngine 2's requirements and that's not a long shot saying, uh, you know, uh, or I said crisis, uh, CryEngine 2, yeah, uh, requirements, and that's not a long shot. Now, granted, it'll be, be, probably be around there or something like that. So um, I think that'll answer your questions because really, I, you know, we can't really answer that. I'm hoping uh, it'll look visually stunning. They said DX9 through 11, so if it has DX11, you know, you can crank it up, and maybe if you don't have that powerful machine, you can crank it down. So. Um, I know Alec or Greg here uh, recently we got him upgraded and we actually built his computer over Skype that was actually pretty interesting uh, helping him through that but you know it may be time to upgrade a little bit guys for all you uh, old old, uh, old timers out there um, so we've got the next question is uh, John Clavel um, uh, and John was asking about um, Let's see, it might be worthwhile noting that some of the Wolf Dragoon's affiliated groups in the community have begun talking and trying to coordinate in taking subunits of the faction and tentatively trying to establish not only a persistent dialogue, but also a pledge to work and aid one another. Freaking awesome. Already happening. Um, I think with this, when we get more information about... Um, how affiliation works whether you can be non-affiliated can you work together you know blah 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 but you guys are already seeing that um groups are you know forming and doing them and what do you guys think about that i like I'm surprised it. it's happening so fast i think it's natural in any i mean <laughs> it's notorious in eve the bat phone that's natural in any game you know you you make alliances with people you find friends and you help your friends out i think that's the most natural evolution in the world and I just hope that uh, there is both a meaningful way for that to be expressed in gameplay but not a game-breaking way for that to be expressed I don't want it to be the case where the blob always wins 
but it would be nice that different units can help one another out in a pinch or share resources somehow. Or intelligence, even. I mean, that could be a very interesting thing if you're friends with somebody. You sort of tap them into your intel network so they maybe get updates as to where different units are, uh, performance ratings of their possible opponents. Subtle things like that could be very interesting. And I also think I read that uh, he said the 23rd, which is tomorrow, by the way, um, it's about to be the 23rd, but John, happy birthday. Um, you know, let us know how old you are. We'll give you a shout out and whatnot next time. <laughs> But I'm sure that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. 23rd, hopefully this new little release on Wednesday. Uh, And I know he's loving it. So, uh, and I've talked to him a few times. Um, So some interesting things there. Obviously, you know, units already coordinating. You're going to have that. You see it in huge in Eve. I mean, I mean, Russians banding together. Oh, God, everyone. Anyways, so we're going to move on to the next one. Um, Now, Dim posted, uh, or actually we've got Wolf74. Uh, and we talked about this already, the, the cone of fire. Um, there's a ton of threads out there. We've got uh, convergence, we've got uh, uh, just indicators, hit location, balancing, medium laser. I mean, a ton of stuff. We already we already sort of touched on that and what their answer were as far as pinpoint accuracy. So I think that sort of touches on that. Um, do you guys agree we can sort of go on to the next one? Yep. Yeah. All right. So Wolf74, if you're still not happy... Let us know, um, see if, you know, obviously there's a lot of speculation. Um, we've already talked about it in the previous ones of, uh, you know, either or. All right, now we've got Dim. Uh, now Dim posted, and his posts were um, actually pretty thoughtful. Uh, he talked about uh, light max being equal to an assault, um, you know, and we talked about the, the information warfare earlier. Um, he also brought up should there be drop limits for conquest matches and, and or should it be unlimited or all light mech scouts um, uh, so he basically is asking are all light mechs scout capable um, and because not all of them were historically in canon you know you had the raven uh, it was a scout mech uh, you know GCM uh, it was you know specific purpose now your regular stinger 20 ton didn't have all that electronic warfare it had you know X basic you know whatever but uh then he asked uh, a few other questions so let's hit on that the conquest matches i think we don't know right now um i think it might be where maybe there's different phases of a planetary battle and that uh, sort of like world of tanks where uh you might have three or four matches before you get to the end one um depending on you know maybe attrition of your mechs and if you get there that far or um, I think one of the questions this sort of hints at is if you're being attacked and you're being attacked by someone with, you know, a plethora of mechs, you know, assaults, heavies, and good, really good scouts, um, you know, can you bring all your best assets, uh, your heavy assets, or is it going to be like you have to bring four lights, four mediums, four, you know, heavies, four assaults, or something like that? I mean, would you guys feel like that would be sort of limited? Do you have sort of a model that you'd like to see? I'd say bring all you got. If you want to take nothing but assaults, go for it. Accept the consequences for your actions afterwards, though. If there's consequences, I think it depends on strategies and commanders and players. And basically what I want is just for everything to be viable in some way or another. I don't, you know, for four lights to be um, 
to do anything against four assaults, you're going to have to have a very special circumstances or you know something majorly tilting things in your favor. But I just want to be able to see lights being uh, viable, mediums, heavies, and assaults, and not, you know, we've talked about this before, um, so I'm not going to go into too much more detail about it, but yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things is when they start releasing how things operate, I mean, uh, and it's going to be an evolving thing, guys, because that, that initial release of, you know, it's going to be basically a starting point, and they're going to be listening to the community, they're going to be making it better. Uh, World of Tanks, uh, uh, we were talking about this, I, I didn't like the way the Clan Madhouse, because it was basically a grind to get to the top tier and whatnot. This is automatically making lights, you know, and mediums viable in these matches. I mean, they're already talking about it shouldn't just be straight to assault. You don't want, I mean, they're, you can do it, that's your own choice, uh, but it may not be the best choice. So. Let's move on to the next sort of... One thing I do want to add is, you know, MWLL, I think, handled this fairly decently. Like, a lot of really good players hated playing Assaults, and to me, that is a compliment. I personally, being an alpha tester, uh, I did not play any Assault mech at once for over six months. Never. Until I actually had to for alpha testing. So, you know, had to break it there. But yeah, I, I personally, I don't like slow, you know, ponderous. Yeah, you may have all the firepower and armor. But that's just, it's not my style, you know. So, you know, we'll see. Um, now, his last, uh, he, he's got a few other points, but it was sort of, uh, you know, we've hit on before in previous podcasts. And I really want to focus on this last one. He said, why you guys clan bashing? Why you guys, you know, you know pk you know you've got that name you know blah 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 and uh you know look it's all fun and banter you guys can do what you want um i'm actually not gonna be using uh phelan kel um i'm i'm either going to i'll end up creating i don't know i'll be role playing um i'm sure darren greg brandon uh, all four of us will actually probably be playing together i mean are you guys going to be changing your names what are you guys going to be doing Bombadil for life, man. Yeah, I'm <laughs> All right. gonna stick with the Alexa call sign. It's um, I already registered it. I did it, the I think on day three the forums came out. I don't know. The first time I noticed it on Twitter, uh, Crazy Kinex from Eve actually retweeted. And I was like, <gasps> Oh shit! I looked into and, and it. And your name took one look at the FAQ, and I was like, Yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And I just went right ahead and did it. And your names and call signs are affiliated with Battletech. What about you, Brandon? Because, you know, you go by Catcher Kell. Um, I mean, how do you feel about this? I mean, it, you know, I've talked to you about it. I'm going to, you know, RP, you know, whether whatever we end up doing uh, as a group, whether, you know, we're Norm or Snare group or whether we're, you know, fluffy pink kittens or ponies or whatever. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to end Black up keeping Black Pony Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to end up keeping Catcher Kell. Um, Kel, uh, canon-wise, sure, it became a blood name for Wolf in Exile, but that's because of PK. Uh, but, I mean, it's just a family name uh, from the Kel family. I mean, there's probably more than just Morgan and PK out there, so I don't see why not. I don't see why Kel is that big of a big of a deal. I'm going to roleplay. Uh, Catcher is a name I made up a long time ago. It stuck with me. So I'm just going to keep Catcher Kel. And just... To make a point, when I played Lord of the Rings online, I did not use the name Bombadil. If for anybody that knows where it's, the name is from. Jeez, nerd. Jeez. <laughs> the steam mountains to the Gulf of Loon. 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Uh, whatever you guys, I mean, I've already seen you post uh, 12th VR and recruiting and other groups. I mean, are you going to be sticking with your call sign, square, square? You can go by, a, you know, a name or, I mean, what's your take on um, this? I'll probably still go by Squaresphere. I mean, that's why, that's how a lot of people know me and the reputation I have in the forums and things I do in other games, it's, I try to cultivate it all together. So I'd probably stick, I'd stick with that. As far as the 12th VR goes, I mean, we're, you, you know us, we're a bunch of ragtag casual guys just looking to have fun. So uh, our group probably won't be role-playing, or if we do, we'll have, we'll have small groups within our group that does that. Uh, as far as uh, what the other guys are doing, I have no idea. Uh, all I know is that I'm going to be squares fair, and I'll post about ponies and make everybody be happy and have fun. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so Facebook, um, we had um, we had a few questions. Um, now we had, what kind of roles should each mech fill? We, you know, obviously, we have the weight classes: lights, medium, heavy assault. Um, I've always felt that mediums are sort of like the the the, the most, I guess. Um, what's the word most viable sort of like the workhorse sort of you know the units are sent around mediums are sort of that in between of firepower speed and you know armor and that you know the assaults were your you know your your uh, you didn't you didn't see them all the time and when you did it sort of brought that oh shit you know um so what we've already heard from uh, the devs that lights information technology and whatnot i mean where do you guys want to see the you know medium heavy and assault like what type of role i mean is it the assault's going to be exactly taking all that fire and charging and sort of taking the focus off you know your buddies and whatnot or is it you know what do you guys think assaults definitely um that's always been their role has been wading into the middle of battle like the hero of the battlefield, taking all these hits, slaying enemy after enemy, but really slow in terms of their movement, not very maneuverable, but they are moving mountains. They are big, hulking, heavy, dangerous things that you, more than not, if you get caught by one, if you run, run into it and go up against it, and you're not in an assault mech yourself, you will either need to run away or die. Sounds like I like Alex's heavy mechs mother. as sort of the. I like sort of the. Oh, okay. I like Not heavy yours. mechs Alex, as sort no. of the. Uh, our, our Scottish guy. Yeah. Sort of like the the line mechs. Uh, I think medium mechs should be the line mechs, the standard mech that's most common. Heavies probably reserve more for officer kind of roles, so somewhat rare. You know, they're a little tougher, they hit a little harder, but they go a little slower, and they're a little more expensive. And lights should be doing recon, although I agree with something that I said earlier, I forget who said it, but some light mechs didn't have electronic warfare and information systems. Some of them were just harassers, and some, like the Panther, were supposed to be walking heavy platforms, but with light armor, just very maneuverable PPCs or very maneuverable large lasers. And I would like to see some light mechs still retain that, because that's a fun thing for them to do. Okay, okay. You know, and the more and more game 
uh, play. You know, game balance is exposed to us. We're gonna we're gonna see how those. And then, you know, ultimately until you get down there, because this happens in any game, and you can talk to any developer. They're gonna develop a game, uh, create a system. You know, get it balanced to what they think. They're gonna get it out to us. We're gonna do shit they didn't even see coming. And and I think that's the cool thing is your your player base comes up with ways. Uh, just you're like. Wow, we didn't even mean for you to use it that way, but okay. And you know they're gonna have to change things or adjust or you know on the fly. And uh, I do want to see, and I guess uh, you know emphasis on the light and mediums. You know when you see that heavy or that assault mech, it, it, you know it should be that ooh awe factor because you don't, yeah. you know. And and I think that's what we've always lost. Now pub matches, hey, guess what? You're gonna see a wide variety of things, and and how they do their matchmaking is completely different. Uh, subject, but and we've sort of touched on that. So um, let's go to the last thing because it's been a long podcast, and I know uh, Darren he's got to you know go to sleep. And uh, bonus for organized play, sensor uh, share, FC squad bonuses like Eve. Now one of the, the I I like the idea of um, working together, and I think that should be your bonus. I think. Uh, whether you're playing just a regular match or you're doing planetary or you know you're working with a group I, I don't think you should get an outside bonus of like oh you get you know more armor or you're faster or anything I, I don't like that idea that's that's not battle tech but what I I do like the sensor share idea and I think your you, your your bonus for playing and working together is being effective taking less damage you know destroying the enemy mechs you know have in and that might translate into having a less or uh, least expensive repair bill or you know something like that or um but how do you guys feel about bonuses like you know i mean i i'm I, sort I agree of with what you were saying that you know organized play with your team that you guys always work with is generally its own reward and just from my experience working with the, the 12th vr you know when we go up against other units that are extremely organized we we suffer greatly for it at the same time, you know, if you're not organized, well, you know, there's something to be said about individual skill. But when you're going against, when everybody, when the other four or five guys are focusing on one of your guys, there's not much you can do to help save that guy. There's, there's really not. So to add a bonus on top of already being organized would be, honestly, that's what would turn like your pub games into stomps, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, I think uh, Eve's bonus system, to be from my perspective, is a sort of a stand-in for the fact that you can't censor share, and there is no real commander role other than he calls the targets. Whereas, if you have good information systems and intelligence gathering is significantly more important, and there are actually in-game tools that support it, I think. Uh, coordinating and having an organized group working together is its own reward more easily. I mean, Eve, there's no, like, there is no sensor sharing, really. There's no, um, <laughs> there's no line of sight, there's no, none of that stuff, so to replace all of that, if you're in a fleet with a, quote, fleet commander, it just gives you a slight uh, hit point bonus or whatever, but it's, it's really And, and we're talking two different we're talking two different genres of games. I mean, we're talking MechWarrior, uh, you know, online where it's going to be a, you know, sim-based, you're in the cockpit, 
relaying information whereas EVE Online you know you're third person it's it's completely different but I you know I think that the the center share comes in with like C3 uh, comes in with the probably information UAVs sensors uh, drops possibly from the commander and another thing I guess that just pops into mind is you know and we sort of touched on this who's gonna be the commander can anyone call in airstrikes can anyone call in these sensor probes or whatever who's gonna have the UAVs do all mechs have that makes yeah right there you know do you do you choose uh, you know if it's a lance do you choose physically who the the lance commander is uh, or I didn't even think about that before I mean so th that's another avenue so you know lots of questions uh, tomorrow uh, you know, November 23rd, they're going to be releasing something interesting. They didn't really say. We don't. Obviously, it's not another Q&A. Um, but we're going to be recording, and, and again, we're going to get back back on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, we will be recording from here on out. That sort of makes sense. Hopefully, you guys enjoy that. And, you know, and uh, obviously, if something comes out, uh, we'll just add it. You know, so if something comes out Thursday or Friday, we'll just add it. You know, to that next uh, uh, podcast. Um, overall um you know really excited um be honest I, I i told this to darren earlier i was like wow the hell can this game be out already it's just you know it's it's i'm looking forward to it uh, you know dev team if you guys are listening we do appreciate it we're excited um you know you're, you're torturing us every day but hey it's one of those we're, we're glad it's being done and uh for everyone else listening again give us feedback on facebook um we appreciate Ben here being our special guest, and uh, hopefully you've had a good time, uh, Ben, and maybe we can get you on another time as well. Fantastic. And uh, look out for them. Uh, you know, Square Square is on the forums. They are, you know, openly recruiting. Uh, at any time, you guys are more than welcome to join us on the uh, MWL Community TS3. It's for all MechWarriors, Battletech, I mean, any game you guys play, if you guys just want to hang out. Uh, that information we can get posted up on their website for you. Um, you. You can move around and all that fun stuff. But you guys have anything else? That is it. All right, guys. Been awesome. This has been your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's podcast. I'm Philip. I'm Darren. This is Greg. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick L. Uh, this is Ben, also known as Squaresphere. And until next time, Mech Warriors, take care. Happy Turkey Day, gobble gobble, all that fun shit, too. Yeah, totally forgot about that. <laughs> Night, guys. Jack Base, this is Jack 12. I'm approaching the reported radar signature. Nothing on scope, Jack Base. Anything on thermals, Jag-12? Neg base. Aft, Jag-12. Set waypoint home. Yeah? Aft base, setting nav. Base. Picking a pizza. sig. Cannot get locked! Kodiak base, Kodiak! Jag-12, Jag-12. Hold your position. Reinforcements are en route. Jack 12, hold.